Hey, Drew Dixon, back with you for another Bible Thump. I'm the chief content nerd at Love Thy Nerd, and we're we're gonna finish Mark's Gospel. If you've been listening to these for a while, um, you've 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 been with me in this book for a long time, and um, thank you. I don't know why you would stick with me that long. Um, no, I'm kidding. Um, I I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that you're listening. I'm glad that you care. Uh, I think God's word is amazing. I think the gospels are amazing. I think Jesus is amazing. And so in this uh, passage, we're going to see an amazing, mysterious, beautiful uh, portrait from Mark about Jesus. Um, I just think it's, I think it's amazing. I think it's life-changing. I think it has the power to radically change your perspective um, and to give you a really profound life-shaking, life-altering, life-empowering hope. Um, and I hope that's what you step away with from this. Um, so let's read. Uh, Mark chapter 16, verse 1. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they could go and anoint him, Jesus. Very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, they went to the tomb at sunrise. They were saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone from the entrance of the tomb for us? Looking up, they noticed that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in white, in a white robe, sitting on the right side. They were alarmed. Do, do, don't, ugh, sorry. don't be afraid, he told them. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they put him. Go tell this to his disciples and Peter. He is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there, just as he told you. They went out and ran from the tomb because they, tr because trembling and astonishment overwhelmed them, and they said nothing to anyone since they were since they were afraid. Okay, so um, <laughs> it's a little bit of a weird, like abrupt ending to Mark's gospel. And now um, there's a whole another set of verses, probably in your Bible, but uh, a lot of scholars believe that those were additions um, in later manuscripts that, that that an ending was tacked on to the Gospel of Mark. So I'm going to end here. I'm going to call this the end of Mark's Gospel. I think um, manuscript evidence is important, and it seems like this probably wasn't, that the rest of it wasn't intended to be a part of, of, of Mark's Gospel. That's 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 the way I see it. And so um, you can disagree with me on that. This is not a hill to die on. This is not something we should um, get into huge, big arguments about, but um, I think there's a reason why Mark ends it the way he does. Um, but here's here's the message. Um now, now some like I guess like I don't know, kind of more um, like scholars that want to question the truthfulness of the Bible would say that Mark's gospel ends that way to like because um, Mark's not sure <laughs> about the resurrection, and I don't like he is not sure of the significance of the resurrection or whether it even really happened or what it even really means, and I think that couldn't be further from the truth. Here's what Mark's doing with this gospel is he's going he's ending his gospel in such a way that goes like Jesus isn't in the tomb he's risen from the dead like an angel. This is how the book ends. This is how this book that Mark has. Uh, spent so much time on ends. It ends with him saying, like, Jesus isn't here, and an angel of the Lord, which always, always in the Bible, and when the angel of the Lord, an angel of the Lord shows up, like, this is a, a big deal, marking important good news, and that's exactly what this angel has to report. And so, yeah, 
I think the message at the end of Mark's gospel is this, that death is not the end. Like, here's something that we need to contend with that I I don't think that we spend enough time thinking about how big of a deal this is. I think so so often we want to unpack um, the significance of the resurrection in terms of, like, salvation, that the resurrection makes possible this reality of, like, life in like disembodied life in heaven, in the streets of gold, and some, you know, eternity in paradise, that kind of thing. Um, And like, it's true, it does make that possible, but here's um, something that we maybe don't spend enough time on, and it's that this reality that like everybody, everybody you know, including yourself, and everybody you've ever known, faces death. Without question. Like, it is the most frustrating, the most horrible reality of human existence for all of human existence. Like, it is it's horrible. Um, and you know this because you've had someone close to you who died, or you at least know someone who has had someone very close to them die, and you've sat by someone while they lost a parent or a child, um, and it's, it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. And the picture Mark's painting at the end of his gospel is this reality that Jesus really did die on the cross. That's what That was last week, right? That he really was buried. Like these women saw him and this, this huge stone was rolled over the tomb and like he was really dead. People checked on him. The centurion checked on him. Joseph of Arimathea checked on him. The, the two Marys checked on him. They knew that this guy really was dead, that he really was put in a tomb. And then now the message at the end of Mark's gospel is that he, that stone really was rolled away, and Jesus really wasn't there. And of course, there have been ideas passed around that somebody broke into the tomb and stole the body to try and um, fabricate this idea that Jesus rose from the dead, but um, the most likely culprits to do that would have been the disciples, and if they wanted to do that to create a world religion, okay, maybe you might do that. Um, But those same disciples, so many of them probably something like 10 of the original 12 disciples were were killed, were um, persecuted and put to death because of their faith in Jesus. And I'm thinking that some of those disciples would have said, uh, no, actually, right, the moment they're about to be executed for their faith would have, would have fessed up to having stolen the body. And so, yeah, that's ridiculous. People die for causes and things that aren't really true, but nobody dies for something they know to be false, right? That's foolish. So if they had fabricated this whole thing, someone would have fessed up at the threat of death, and nobody does, right? Um, and so, yeah, there's real... Um, significant reason to believe that Jesus really did die, that he really was buried. And then here, the message is death is not the end. That's the message of Mark's gospel. So this enemy that affects all of us, that cripples all of our lives, that makes all of our lives horrible, yes, and life can be really good and wonderful and beautiful, but we all um, experience the pain of death. And it's it's all-encompassing. Everybody faces it. Everybody is harmed by it. It is not a good thing. And Jesus makes that clear when he goes um, to raise Lazarus from the dead. When he weeps with with Mary and Martha at the death of their brother, he's saying to them, yeah, death is terrible. It's awful. It is to be mourned. It's not something that 
um, is not a big deal. It is a big deal. Death is a really big deal, and Jesus really did die. But here's the good news. Death did not hold him down. It did not keep him. Death was not the end of Jesus' story. Jesus is the first human being to to rise. Well, there, there have been people who were raised from the dead by um, Elisha and Elijah and so forth in, in, in the Old Testament. But Jesus is the first person who himself, himself conquers death. And so that is, Jesus in, in Mark's gospel is really painted as the ideal human. The first person who ever gets being human right. The things he does are, are like a true embodiment of what it means to bear God's image. Jesus is restoring. And so, so, you know, this is why Jesus heals the sick. This is why he casts out demons. This is why he, um, he does miracles. This is why he feeds uh, people who are hungry. Um, this is why he told stories, parables about uh, Samaritans being the heroes who saved the man on the road and uh, fallen sons who've wrecked their family's reputation and inheritance being restored back because Jesus is healing what's broken and what's wrong with the world. He's taking uh, uh, what's messed up and broken with the world and he's, he's healing it. He's a picture of humanity as it, as it should be. He's a picture, he's the one true human, he's the one person in human history who got being human right. And guess how his story ends? It ends with him getting being human right by rising from the dead. So that curse that hangs over absolutely every human being is finally and, and, and fully and beautifully lifted and Jesus isn't there. He isn't in the tomb, just as he said he wouldn't be. And he's going ahead of you into Galilee, and you will see him there, just as he told you. So you see, Mark's gospel ends with a call to faith. And we don't know how they responded. Not at the end of Mark's, but we do know how they responded, because we have the book of Acts, and, and we know more than just what Mark leaves us with. But Mark's leaving us going like, you're probably confused and terrified about the idea of Jesus' death and what that could mean and the possibility of the resurrection, and you don't know whether you should believe it. And here's, here's the invitation that Mark leaves us with through the mouth of this angel, through this mouth of the messenger of the Lord. He says, he is going ahead of there, just as he, ahead of you, just as he told you. Do we really believe that Jesus did the things he said he was going to do? Do we really believe that Jesus followed through with his promise to rise from the dead and offer us new life? a new way of human embodiment, a new way of existence, one rooted in his life, death, and resurrection. So it's a call to consider where our trust really lies and where our hope really lies. And so I want to encourage you to consider, take a moment and think, where does your hope really, rise, really reside? Um, where is your confidence? Um, I hope, I hope that this encourages you to put your hope in Jesus, in your confidence in Jesus, because he has conquered death. And it is really, really good news because it changes everything for us about our future, about our life. Um, in the here and now, um, it's a game changer. It absolutely is. Thanks for your time. We'll see you again next week as we start a whole new series for Bible Thumb. Thanks.